This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum and the Ten Society. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. Shady! Hey, Bo. Good evening, dude. Man, good evening to you, sir. How you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing great. Man, here with one of my best friends. I'm smoking my clay pipe here with one of our uh, tobaccos we'll talk about later. Yeah. And uh, drinking some boodles on uh, on the rocks. Dude. And uh, Man, dude, it's it's a good Monday night, man. Man, when, yeah. jo- when John Cheers. has boodles and I got bourbon, dude, this every, is everything's this good. Radio everything's right good. Mm. Hey, yeah, we, we might need to talk about this whiskey down the road, man. Uh, one of our local friends uh, let us have some of this tonight. Henry McKinney, single barrel, bottled and bond. Really good stuff. Ooh, yeah, I love that stuff. Lovely. And I, I think it uh, with tax and everything, about thirty bucks here in Mississippi. So not, you know, not bad. This is what I see. This yeah. is this is what I love about the Squire and, and Country Squire Radio. For one thing, whenever I come in on Monday nights, there's always something. You know what I mean? Like there's always something that people have been drinking, and they're just kind of like saving the rest of it for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. like a little bit of uh, like here, you finish it off. But tonight it was kind of even like even more to that extent because I walk in and you've got a smorgasbord of like half-eaten or one-third eaten food that's just kind of laying out about the place. Exactly. Man, so um, uh, kind of cool. Uh, one of our Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club members, the Reverend himself, uh, Andy Kafopoulos, it was uh, his birthday yesterday. His congregation was kind enough, they threw him a party, so they had some leftovers, and he he brought those up here to the old pipe shop. Okay, now, so, so and this is no no slight at all to the Reverend, who, of course, is a big fan of the lesbian uh, Uzo. That, that's right. And uh, that's has right. picked us up several times, and uh, right. always loves whenever and we it is. Delicious. Uh, his fascination with lesbian uh, uh, lesbian Uzo. Uzo, right? Yeah, and so right, but, but <laughs> I thought he was a priest. I didn't. Like, no, he, he is. Is Reverend yeah. and priest interchangeable? Well, his title is is the Reverend. Uh, yeah, just like you would, you know, call oh, someone the Reverend. But but, but like then a you might you might minister doesn't go by priest. Right. So so so, so you might refer to let's say it, now this is just my understanding. You okay. might refer to your pastor if you're a Presbyterian as the Reverend. Bo York, but then in referring to him, you would call him Reverend Bo or Minister Bo or Brother Bo or okay. something like that. In the Orthodox world, Catholic world, and most of the time in the Anglican world, it'd be similar. You'd, you'd have the Reverend Bo York, but then you would just be kind of familiarly styled as Father Bo. Okay. Yeah, so that would be just kind of kind of so, out. So Reverend yeah. ends up being more of a catch-all, regardless of denominational. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, even for that other denominations. Yeah, no, yeah. that's exactly right. I learned yeah. something here Isn't at the that top something? of the show. How about that? The more you know. Hey, you know what I know? What? I know we've got some amazing people that are part of our uh, International Pipe Club. We do. And not just the ones dropping off a little, uh, little bit of this, a little bit of that, but also a new member joining us at the Pilgrim level, ladies and gentlemen, Roger Lord. Roger Lord. And it's impossible to mess up that name. You can't, so you didn't even try. I didn't. <laughs> I could have probably gone with Roger. Oh, Roger. I should have gone with Roger. Roger. Roger Lord. Be a good name for a dog. Pilgrim. Roger. <laughs> Roger. Or a new member at the Pilgrim level. Right. Uh, thank, thank you so much. Welcome. Welcome to the club. Welcome, man. Yeah. And, you know, this is great, man. You know, we're actually a little, uh, because of the, you know, you being out of town and, and the release schedule being what it was, we, we haven't been able to, to give proper shout outs to Squire members who are now officially at the one year mark getting their names up. On I know. And we've got several folks, right? Do you want to read them off so that, that I don't actually butcher their names? I mean, this is the important <laughs> moment where their names should not be butchered. Man, that's great. So just if you're uh, kind of new to Country Squire Radio, or just for a recap, if you've been around a little bit, for folks that have joined the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club at the Squire level, and then you've stayed there for a year, right? So you've stayed at, right. at that level for a year. You actually get your name on a brass plaque 
on the wall at the Country Squire. And those are up here at the Country Squire. We have this beam that runs across the very heart of the shop. And you have a brass plaque here. You may have never been to Jackson, Mississippi, other than our shop might never have any reason to pass through Jackson, Mississippi. But <laughs> but but your name is here emblazoned at, at a, a, you know, just an establishment that has been around for a long time. It's one of the South's oldest tobacconists. And man, we are just so happy to have you here, you know, looking down on us every day. And so, uh, <laughs> and man, you do look down on and us. You do, and you do, and you do, and you do. Yeah, man, congrats. Uh, for March, we've got Travis Robinson, Tyler Patrick, and in April, we've got Cosimo Placetia, I think, Miller Reed, Christopher Deer, and John Michael Fody. Man, we are just Woo! so thankful for all you guys, great friends of the shop and of uh, of the podcast, and gosh, just uh, supporters of our incredible community. And to be honest, and Bo and I, you know, we we really mean this when we say it. It would not happen without you. I mean, yes. it just wouldn't. And so we're just thrilled, man. It's always an honor to be able to raise some more names up on the uh, the wall of honor there, joining some some country squire legends. And so uh, we're very <laughs> thankful for that. Yeah, love it, man. Yeah, legends. Oh, pretty, I like it. Cool, huh? Yeah, it's like at the one cool. year squire level. You become legendary. That could be a whole nother tier. I don't know. No, I could. <laughs> no, I, I know, right? I know. That's awesome. All right, well, man, um, yeah, what else is going on here in a, around the, the local pipe community? Not a lot right now. I, I will say, uh, and this is something we teased out around Christmas time to first of the year, and something that we thought we were going to be able to talk more about in around then, but then weren't able to uh, just because of the circumstance. But yeah. in the next couple of weeks, the Squire will be announcing a, a big thing for us, uh, which is just going to uh, won't affect our our business model, but will affect our uh, you know just the feel of the shop. It's going to be going to be interesting. the 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 quarter of the shopping center here that we're in uh, is under new management. And we're real close to announcing some stuff uh, relating to that. Okay. And so um, it's all good stuff. It's exciting stuff. It's exciting. It's exciting. And so we'll uh, we'll see where it goes. But uh, anyway, just stay tuned on that. Do you have an approximate and, um, about when you're ready to, to announce what that big change is? It should be next week. Oh, wow. It should be next week. Right. And so anyway, uh, it's going to allow us to do some fun things. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, a very a very big year for the Country Squire. Stay so, tuned. Yeah. Huge, huge announcement yeah. uh, coming next week that you will not want to miss. Also, this is cool. And I, I'm going to mention this tonight. This is just something that's dawned on me. We have a new employee here at the Country yeah. Squire. Her name is Liz Stevie. And, Liz and the intern. Li, li, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Liz is a good friend. Her and her boyfriend, Dan, they've been friends of the Country Squire here for quite some time. Liz is a pipe smoker and enthusiast. She also likes and knows about cigars and is just one of the most enthusiastic people you'll ever meet. But I mentioned Liz for a couple of reasons. We're about to debut a blend that she came up with. So yeah. it's her, her first her first blend, which is really exciting. But number two, you know, for the majority of the Country Squire's history as a tobacconist, we were actually female run and led. And, and you know, it, ownership, but also just daily, you'd come in here and it was rare you ever saw a, a man behind the counter. That's just right, kinda, yeah. it, you know, the, the only men were, uh, you know, the the grandkids, you know, maybe the eight-year-old grandson Hunter, you know, would come over here and weigh you up some tobacco uh, when he wasn't even <laughs> legally able to buy it, you know. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I hope hope someday my kids uh, get the same privilege. But just so cool, uh, man. It, Liz, we've got we've got another woman now back on the payroll here after a few years, and it uh, <laughs> just makes me happy, dude. It's good, you know. It's good to it's good to come in a, a classy old pipe shop and, uh, and and man, see a see a female behind the counter. I'm so, telling you, man. Anyway, if you if you call the Country Squire, if you're one of our 
folks that do call occasionally and, uh, you know, place an order or, or anything like that, there's a good chance you'll talk to me or Caleb or Stephen, of course, who, who's our cigar uh, expert. But there's also a chance you'll you'll talk to Liz. And uh, anyway, I, I'd encourage you to reach out to her and uh, and congratulate her and, and just thank her for what she does. I feel weird so. calling Liz Liz the intern, though. Yeah, she might kick your tail. Yeah, like, <laughs> like with Caleb, you can kind of make fun of you him. You kind of get Liz, away with it. Yeah, Liz, I feel like you know, I yep. feel like as soon as I called her the intern to her face, she'd give me like the eye that would just like burn through my soul. It could, it could get ugly. I might have to talk to yeah. her about that. <laughs> well, I'll ask what she wants to be called, and we'll probably go with that. That's it. Stay tuned for That's Liz's it. official. Uh, <laughs> That's right. But I'm excited to try her uh, her first tobacco. Yeah, That's yeah. I, th- I think everyone, particularly aromatic smokers, I, th- I think you'll be eager to. Uh, to try it out. <laughs> Way, well, hey, man, it's uh, it's a good night tonight because uh, it's a good night to talk tobacco because, of course, this is a tobacco talk episode. Oh, man, it's like the bread and butter of what we do. Or at least what we probably should be doing. Or what we think of what we do. Yeah, right. I mean, at the end of the day, when you come to a pipe tobacco podcast or any kind of pipe tobacco media online, you kind of expect the discussion to be, to some extent, one would imagine, around pipe tobacco. Now, longtime listeners know that we talk about a lot on this uh, on this show. We've got various different series where we talk discuss things like, for example, last week, pairing up tobacco with whiskey. We talk about different pipe shapes, pipe carvers. We occasionally dive into some industry news and what's going on here and there. But for the most part, you know, nine times out of ten, if somebody's coming to the show, they're coming because they want to hear the reviews. They want to know about what they should be smoking, why they should be smoking it. And honestly, they want to hear John David Cole discuss all of the different flavors so that they can then regurgitate to their local pipe community and sound like they know what they're talking about. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just, <laughs> that might just be me. That might just be me. That's fantastic. Dude, yeah, you uh, you flatter me as usual. But yeah, man, tobacco talk tonight and smoking my clay pipe here with uh, with one of the choices that we'll be talking about shortly. Gee, are those on um, sale? You can buy them, not here currently, but uh, we, we will be very soon picking these up. I want one. Yeah, I want one that looks exactly like that. And, and and frankly, they are awesome. If you're if you're watching live, uh, or if you're not watching live, uh, you won't be able to see. But just to describe this, I've got about a ten inch long clay pipe here. It's a cutty with the little stiletto on, on the bottom, mm-hmm. uh, as it were. And uh, man, just such a great smoking pipe. It's one of those that gives you the absolute cleanest smoke that you can have. And before yeah. we dive into officially kind of the meat and potatoes of this episode, I, I do want to I do want to make mention of this because when I see that pipe, it reminds me of the pipes that were often smoked around the golden age of piracy, which... Yeah, uh, that's right. Speaking of series that we do next week, we will actually have a return to the pipes and pipe or pirates and pipe tobacco, uh, featuring a very prolific. It'll pirate, be fun, yeah. Yeah, uh, who be has good. been oft featured in, in popular culture uh, with a pipe in his mouth, and so I'm really excited for that. Stay tuned next week for uh, pirates and pipe tobacco. But tonight, yeah, we are talking tobacco talk, and this is generally where we take two to three different blends and that's right. Pack them, give those reviews. So what do we got tonight, John? Dave? That's right, man. Exciting couple of blends here. Uh, one one newbie and one really oldie. <laughs> <laughs> but a goodie, and uh, but a goodie, but but well, in, in a lot of people's minds, yeah. yeah. So, man, yeah. Tonight, talking about a couple. The first one. This is interesting. Uh, you know, thing we we don't really go to often, but it's an over counter, over the counter tobacco. And so, we had our episode where we discussed our uh, hamster you know, scale, our, our hamster scale tobaccos, and and you know that a lot of them were uh, you know very high on the hamster scale, which is, <laughs> which, is w- w- which means that it, it's very absorbent. It's good at deflecting odor from your your lovable furry friends. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that is cheap enough you can refill an entire hamster cage with it and, mm-hmm. and not come out of pocket too much. So there, there's there's tobaccos out there that are are very uh, you know five hamsters on the hamster scale. 
but not all over-the-counter tobaccos, uh, you know, make the hamster scale right, because, right. you know, they're, uh, you know, a little more expensive or maybe their focus is not absorbency, but actually, uh, you know, good tasting t- pipe tobacco and things of that nature. And so anyway, a, uh, a tobacco that is over-the-counter tobacco, it's actually a decent tobacco if you like an aromatic. It's a very strange tobacco and certainly one that gets a lot of conversation on forums. Um, one that has had a lot of hate over the years, Interesting. Uh, but also got some got some folks that love it. And uh, and we're talking about Mixture 79 Ooh. from Sutliff. Ooh, um, it's going to be a controversial tobacco talk tonight. You know, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's one of those tobaccos, again, we like to review things that top shelf, bottom shelf, all in between. You know, it's one of those <laughs> uh, tobaccos, though, that has been around for just a really long time. Um, the Sutliff Company what a lot of folks don't understand, it, it, the Sutliff Cup Company is a new iteration of that name. That name has been around in tobacco for a really long time. Oh, absolutely. But it was kind of resurrected to bring back the blends from Altadis, which is a big cigar manufacturer. They also produced a whole lot of aromatic tobaccos. They got out of the pipe tobacco game. A new group came in, resurrected the name Sutliff, kind of took those blends back on. And so there's an old Sutliff and a new Sutliff, and they've kind of melded together. And this is a part of the older variety there. But Mixture 79, it comes in a, just a really simple white pouch like this. Uh, it's also available in a 14-ounce a plastic tub, which is, is actually kind of classy looking. You know, it's a, it really it, is. It's a classy looking pouch, right? So I, you, I would a, not have assumed that was an over-the-counter tobacco based on the Exactly. Exactly. You look at it and you're like, man, that's that's pretty sharp. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, you know, just real real simple, classy. It's got this kind of wreath looking thing, something you might find around a, a fancy mirror or something. Uh, mild and aromatic pipe tobacco mixture 79. And so you open the pouch. Of course, it's got aromatic mixture, a unique rugged cut blended with the finest aromatic burley and Virginia tobaccos available. Always a smooth smoke without a bite. And that's very true. This is, of course, an over-counter tobacco, very classic packaging. What you might expect in over-the-counter, it's heavy burley-based uh, with some some Virginias in there. I mean, like, is it safe to say if it's over-the-counter, you're, you're definitely looking at over 50% burley? That's probably... Almost safe to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I would say that's probably more common than more common than not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually probably a pretty good uh, uh, observation, Bo. Mm. As I was trying to describe the flavors of this pipe tobacco, and, and I'd love to hear from people that have tried uh, Mixture 79 before. This is what I call a kitchen sink tobacco. Okay. So like a kitchen sink pipe tobacco, right? right? right. Especially for an aromatic. This has got, you know, you, you start you know, trying to pick out flavors and you're like, well, there's some of this and there's some of that and there's some of this. And, and then you go online, you're like, what are other people smelling or, or tasting? And they're like, well, there's some of this and some of that and <laughs> some of this. And, and, and so it's just kind of all over the map. And, and so when you, when you uh, open the pouch up, it's got uh, just an immediate, immediate kind of overwhelming note of rose water, which is what we expect from like a, uh, a Lakeland style blend. And, huh. uh, you know, one of those Lakeland blends that have the perfumey aroma essence to it, uh, where it's been cased with that. One of the Squire blends this really, really, really reminds me of is White Rose, um, oh. which is, yeah, which is kind of interesting, you know? So you, you open it up and you're like, oh, wow, that's honey. Like, that's definitely honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but there, there, there's that, that rose water there, too. There's vanilla, honey. There, there's like a, you know, there's some type of liquor lurking in there. You don't know if it's <laughs> rum or whiskey, but you know it's there. It sounds like a York um, tobacco to me. I know, I know, right? Yeah. So looking at the tobacco, I love the cut of it. It's just so chunky. This is like a, if, a, if a cube cut met a uh, thick cut flake and, you know, just some chopped 
tobacco. It's just a it's just a fun tobacco to to load your pipe up with. Yeah, because I mean, of, chops definitely seems. The oh right man, yeah, right it's just there. it's just a great great cut on this blend. So uh, I'm gonna hand this over to Bo. Let him smell and kind of inspect this. Oh yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, like you really do hit that uh, that honey real quick. But like you pick up some spice underneath it. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah, like there, there's really a lot going on there. Like if somebody yeah. put a little uh, cayenne underneath the honey. Yeah. Or something of that nature. I love, but you know, I love the fact that you said that like everybody picks up a little something. There's no wrong way to describe. This I know. <laughs> <laughs> what I always go to uh, when uh, Will Ferrell was uh, one of those Saturday Night Live skits where they're in the hot tub and they're trying to describe something and it's like. Fruit liniments and noxema, like you know, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what they were trying to describe. It's but not, uh, it's, it's not the one with like our, our bodies, uh, our bellies. Yes, that one filled with goat meat. That that one. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, you know, igloo cooler. Oh, I used to actually. <laughs> Christine and I used to be able to actually recite that one like verbatim. It's, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. This is this is um you know it's just a fascinating tobacco. Um, I really, I again, I really do love the the cut of the tobacco, and um, it makes it easy to load in your pipe, but also incredibly incredibly easy to get and to keep lit uh, which is nice it is kind of a moist tobacco and so uh, what you'd expect in a pouch it has a uh, probably a healthy dose of the propylene glycol which is just the you know food grade stuff that a lot of manufacturers put in tobacco to keep its shelf life uh, up to up to par but uh it, this is incredibly light it's a tobacco that is very airy uh, again, when you smoke it, if you're a fan of those Lakeland style tobaccos, um, you know from from Northwest England that have that kind of uh, rosewater floral perfume essence, you you, you will uh, th- this will be an over the counter that interests you at least, mm. which I think is worth noting. If you get like so, basically what you're saying is if you get in the situation that I was in several weeks back yeah. last year, yeah, when when kind of the hamster no, that's right, came into play, that's right. If you are stuck at a gas station. And you see this. This is where you need this to go. A, if you're an aromatic smoker, this is a this is a good option for you. Yeah, a, a, absolutely. Now, again, it, you know, if you're, you know, we, th- there's there's uh, tons of people, uh, fun internet forums that we're friends with, part of all that stuff that have given this tobacco just tons of hate. I, I love <laughs> I, I, I love one of the uh, one of the reviews that I saw. I was just checking tobacco reviews before I uh, got on here. I think the most recent review is. Um, something like you know, if you uh, if you wanted to know what a urinal cake smoked like, oh, this is it. Oh. Like you know, it's one of those things. Like so, so there's plenty of hate for this. If it's that complex, then he's not but wrong. No, every single flavor. Is no, there. that that's right. That that's that's exactly right. So uh, you know, it's one of those things that I, I think it's at least worth trying. It's one of those storied tobaccos that uh, would be worth uh, worth you trying out. So uh, again, reminds me of that white rose that we have here at the Country Squire. Kind of that honey nose that floral rose water and it's a all you know affordable alternative to some of your some of your other tin tobaccos so tobacco that uh you know is is readily available uh very inexpensive and uh maybe worth worth trying out all right so uh really good that's again mixture 79 yep uh be sure to check that one out okay so what's the next one we got all right so next we're tinning it up we are we're tinning it up uh and and again uh as another nod to our uh aromatic pipe smokers uh, pipe tobacco smokers, we have uh, an aromatic brand that has been very popular over the past few years. And it's one that really just kind of, I think, was even surprised by its own success, uh, which, which is kind of funny. Sometimes that happens and uh, these companies, you know, they come out with something thinking, well, maybe some people will buy this. Specifically this tin or this Not this, this tin, but this, this brand. Yeah, this brand. man. This brand like catches my eye all yeah. the time. And, and, and we're talking about cult. Cult. We're, ta- we're talking about cult. Uh, th- and we, we should 
should st- we we are good Christian boys down here in Mississippi. <laughs> but I saw that's that, right. But but when I saw that cult, I was like, whoa! I know, <laughs> right? What is going on? Yeah, over yeah. Here? It's it's interesting. You know, we cult pipe tobacco. It. I, I kind of feel like this is a cigar company. They're they're owned by quality importers. They have a whole variety of tobacco products. I, I kind of felt like this was them sticking their toe in the water into the pipe uh, you know, realm when they came out with Blood Red Moon. And, and they came out with this, and, and I think we're really, to be honest, uh, kind of shocked at their uh, success. And, and it was really something, it's one of those tobaccos that uh, it was available, and then it wasn't because all these people just found out that they loved it. And so... Is this yeah. is this kind of in that that kind of branding like you know I think of uh, the the uh, Dagner pipe specifically how they like created a brand that people yeah. could really get behind I think that's and a I'm, piece of it not to yeah. not to downplay the quality at all because obviously really quality pipes but oh same, absolutely but at yeah. the same time like I almost feel like people were really more gravitated to the brand it's a lifestyle stuff. kind of thing exactly yeah no yeah exactly and right. so like when I see cult especially just the way the brand is like it mm. seems to kind of play to a similar like almost like you could get your cult tobacco smoke it in your Dagner pipe and it kind of fits. Yeah, does that make sense? I, I, I think there's a there's some maybe some uh, some legs to that. Yeah, I mean, it, but beyond that, you know, a lot of uh, just a lot of aromatic pipe smokers just tend to tend to have you know that have found cult tend to like it, and so it's not not quite as much probably as a cultural thing I'd say, uh, you know, or a um, you know lifestyle kind of thing. But uh, but I, I think it plays uh, into that a little bit. Yeah, All right, fair enough. Fair um, enough. This one this one's so, really interesting though. Yeah, so so interesting in, interesting uh, cult. Of course, they came out with blood red moon they uh just crushed it and and realized okay we've kind of caught lightning in a bottle here um and then uh and then came out with a fleet of of different blends kind of uh behind that just to kind of ride the wave i think and it was one of those one of those probably really smart business decisions you know that a really popular uh you know let's say you're a beer maker you come out with a really popular beer that finally gets you some notoriety everyone loves it and then you're like, oh my gosh, we got to capitalize on this. Let's make a whole bunch of other beers so people, you know, continue to like our stuff and buy our stuff and all this. And and I think Colt did the same thing. So in their lineup now, they have just a variety of them, and they're all beautifully packaged. Uh, just a very uh, diverse group of tobaccos, all uh, for the most part aromatic. But this one we're talking about tonight is uh, is Colt Militia. Just a really pretty simple tin. It's one of our vacuum seal style tins. So it's a it, you know I call it the coin style tin. It got kind of a black and white uh, front on it with a couple of colonial era revolver or mm. colonial era, uh, you know, hand pistols, hand pistols there and some uh, crossed uh, swords, which is kind of neat. But uh, just a real, real classic looking thing with their with the cult moniker right there at the top. So it's gripping. I mean, like, yeah, no, it, it is. It's a great way to put it. And yeah. I mean, the, the, the brand, I mean, I, I really like, all their stuff is hats like that. off to whoever yeah. is like coming up with the design. Because honestly, like, like you, if you're in a tobacco shop, their stuff stands out. Like yeah. you stop and you look like, what is this? You okay. have to. Ask. I have to at least try that, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and I, I think they nailed it with the whole the whole series of even the name of the company, you know, and the and the name of the tobacco. Yeah, it, it is. It is. So it makes you kind of go to it. Absolutely. But, um, so Cavendish Burley based. Uh, this is sweet aromatic. It's uh, it's a semi-sweet aromatic. It's one of those that um, it it is sweet. It's a it is an aromatic. It is heavily cased, but it's not as far as the smoking experience. Just over the top with lots of one thing in particular. When you're smoking it, you get kind of a nice mellow, nutty, easygoing vanilla caramel experience. It's just really really simple. So I'm gonna open this up. Let uh, let Bo smell it here. And this is actually what I'm smoking tonight. If you uh, if you've smelled that tonight, you know, but. kind of the interesting thing is it 
you say kind of semi-sweet, but I mean, it does have that extremely aromatic tin note, which is odd because again, you look at the the branding and everything, and you wouldn't yeah, think, no, that's right. You wouldn't think it's going to be so sweet. You, you look at the branding and you're like, oh wow, this is going to maybe kick my tail. We're going to war. Right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the militia, right? Yeah. But it does so, have kind of a little bit of that barbecue, kind of like, not burnt per se, but why don't I pick it up here? The like, smoky element. Smoky. Yeah. Yeah. Charred a little bit. Yeah. It's a, it's a good tobacco, Cavendish, uh, burly uh, tobacco. We've got caramel, maple, and vanilla. Um, and, and this is one of those kind of jack-of-all-trades aromatics. It's one Ooh. of those that I think anyone that smokes a, a nice all-day, everyday tobacco that isn't overwhelming in one flavor is going to enjoy this. So think of this as uh, almost like a 1Q kind of tobacco, maybe a little more premium than that. Um, but it's a tobacco that I think burns really cool, easy to keep lit, smooth, doesn't have one flavor that just comes and kicks you in the face, uh, but just a nice, mellow, all-day, everyday smoke. So it's a real workhorse tobacco, one of those that you can keep in your pouch, never get sick of, it's just kind of an all-around good tobacco, yeah. uh, particularly for aromatic smokers. And, and we do see a lot of our heaviest pipe smokers at the Squire and uh, across the industry, they gravitate towards blends like this, right? Some of our enthusiasts that don't smoke every day but are really into the technicality of pipe smoking, they're going to smoke more tobaccos that are on the fringes, right? The the extremes, lots of Latakia or really uh, obscure ingredients, Perique and Orientals and all this stuff. They're trying to expand the palate. Yeah. But the, the workhorse pipe tobacco smokers, you know, the guys that smoke, you know, just pounds and pounds and in and out, it's one, this is, this is the kind of uh, blend that a lot of those guys are after, right? And so it's just a good all-around aromatic. It's uh, kind of a nutty flavor. Uh, it, honestly, it reminds me of the Squire tobaccos that we have here in love, uh, it reminds me of Rivendell, uh, which is a tobacco that we blended as part of our Lord of the Rings series. And it just has kind of this nutty uh, vanilla flavor, which I think is really, really pleasing. So um, just a good uh, good all-day, everyday tobacco. It's relatively easy to keep lit. It's moist, but not too moist. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you have trouble with that in tin tobaccos and uh, tinned aromatics anyway. And and I think they just think they nailed it with this one as far as a... Uh, you know, just a just a easy going all day every day tobacco that you know won't make you sick of any one flavor. Man, so, yeah. I, I got to try this one. Good stuff. Yeah, and I'm throwing it out. I if, think you would like this tobacco. Bug. If you or someone you know has worked on the branding for Colt, let me know. I would love to have them on the show. Like, yeah, I, I just I, yeah, absolutely. Because honestly, when we talk about you know innovation in pipe tobacco right now, like. A large part of that is about finding new flavors, finding new recipes and everything else. But the other large part of that is branding. Like, yeah. That is a no, huge aspect of innovation in yeah. the industry. And I'm telling you, man, Colt, they're, they're killing it. They know what they're doing. They're yep. killing it. Well, cool, man. Uh, yeah, that's so, it. So we got so we got Colt, or so we got uh, Militia from Colts, and we got Mixture 79. 79. That's right. So be sure to uh, try right. those out. A couple of aromatics. Are you going to... Uh, you know, if anybody comes by the shop, are you going to let them sample what you got? Oh, yeah, baby. All right. So if you come oh, by yeah. the shop, let them know you heard about it on the show. John David will hook you up with the sample. Now, here's the thing, though. If you are smoking a sample of tobacco you've never tried before, are you going to smoke it in that briar pipe that you've smoked, you know, nonstop, 100% perique for the last, you know, 20 years of your life? Yeah, you've got it perfectly seasoned for that favorite Balkan blend of yours. Yeah. Just really, uh, you know, you, you're not going to mess it up by maybe putting some, uh, you know, just this curious tobacco you've never tried tried before no 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 yeah. no that's that's just that is unwise and unsafe what we recommend if you are trying new tobaccos you got to use a good quality corn cob pipe and of course i'm talking about the good quality corn cob pipes from our friends at missouri Mirshaw. <laughs> that's exactly right 
That's exactly right, man. Our uh, good friend, of course, Dan Nimitz, he dropped by last week, which we talked about. And, uh, man, that was just so good. Uh, uh, Dan, who is working at uh, Missouri Mearsham to try to bring uh, just a lot of their historical stuff back into uh, the view and, you know, uh, get some of that stuff uh, more readily accessible to uh, the modern pipe world. Really great. Bo and I are excited to announce later this year some stuff uh, with, with Missouri Mearsham that, uh, that we think uh, we'll be uh, looking forward to, which will be which will be great. But, um, man, Missouri Mearsham pipes, uh, particularly, you know, a lot of those uh, old school workhorse pipes that you've come to know and love, the country gentleman, the legend, uh, and, and then newer favorites like, uh, you know, the Dagner poker, the uh, the uh, the the mini uh, devil ants and the acorns, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those uh, you, you know, just tobacco pipes that are, um, you know, easy to get a hold of, very affordable, inexpensive um, and uh, and incredibly good for trying your new favorite blend. Yeah, man, a wonderful company run by wonderful people making wonderful products. You got to check them out. And if you've got a Missouri Meerschaum pipe, be sure to smoke it this week. Take a picture of yourself doing so. Tweet it into us. We love retweeting those out. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum let them know that you know that you appreciate them for sponsoring this show. <laughs> I got a little tongue twister there. For you a did. There. Pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week this week comes in from listener Gene Boker. Oh, man, love Gene. Love brother Gene. Absolutely. Yeah, man. All right, here we go. He says, if a blend has to be changed due to an ingredient becoming unavailable, does that count as a, quote, new blend, according to the upcoming FDA rules? With McClellan going out, I know many blenders are scrambling to replace the components in their house blends, not to mention... All the places that just relabeled, of course, McClellan blends right, in the first place. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Again, this is from listener Gene. Yeah, Gene, Gene uh, good friend of, of the show and of the shop. Thanks so much for uh, writing in. Yeah, so you know, if you take a strict interpretation of the FDA rules, that yeah, I mean that that would make uh, that would make a blend that includes an ingredient that has become unavailable. Um, it, that would make it a new blend. And so, you know, think about uh, your uh, Joe Tobacconist in Hackensack, New Jersey, and you have a blend that you've made for 30 years, and one of the ingredients is McClellan 5100 Red Cake, hmm. um, which is now off the market, of course. And uh, so you've scoured the, uh, you know, uh, scoured the marketplace for a, a leaf. You're not going to change the proportions at all, but you found a leaf really close to that, and you think it's going to make the tobacco good, and so you blend it, and it's a good tobacco. You're going to come out with it. Um, even though that ingredient, same exact proportions, might even be the same exact leaf, uh, processed very similarly, um, you know, if, if you have a strict interpretation of the FDA rules, then, uh, then yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be considered a, uh, a new blend, uh, you know, and so the, the, the problem with this is all this stuff is still being litigated and, and all this stuff is still in the court system. We're getting mixed signals from the administration on, uh, what parts of this they're going to immediately enforce, what parts of this they're taking back under review. And so it, I feel like every time an FDA question comes up, uh, in light of the rules that were released, uh, now a couple years ago. Uh, we're having to to hesitate more and more in answering. You know, it, at first we tried to get as much clarity as we could, but now because of all the variables at play, uh, there's a lot we don't know. And and, and frankly, uh, we're getting mixed signals from 
not just the government, but also from uh, the folks that sell, uh, you know, the the wholesalers that sell the the, the companies themselves, you right. know, the the companies that produce the stuff. Um, and and also our uh, our trade organizations that are fighting for uh, you know us as uh, professional tobacconists to to do what we do uh, and 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 what we love and so um, everyone there's just a lot of confusion <laughs> but yeah as they were written um, and as they were initially seen to be enforced although I think some of that uh, you know might be you know kind of up in the air now just as things are are going forward yeah i think that i think that's the case uh that that would be considered a new blend and therefore would need to be um you know would need to be reintroduced and re uh you know submitted to the fda for approval um i i i think and again i you know our our friend brian uh levine may have alluded to this some in in a um you know his episode that he did uh over at pipes magazine on the McClellan deal, and 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 go listen to that. Which if, y'all should be listening. Yeah, to. We, please listen to that. Brian, of course, is such a um, such a, you know good friend of our of ours. Um, but but also um, you know has his real thumb on the pulse of you know what's going on uh, in the regulatory world. I mean, here. he's a he's he's an industry hat. Like like he yeah he has absolutely been deep in the industry yeah I mean this is just someone that really knows what's going on and um he kind of alluded to the the idea that you know the folks at McClelland um yeah you know maybe they could have found other leaf even though the leaf quality in America has gone down so much because of uh you know bureaucratic um you know uh, red tape and and obstruction um they they may could have found other leaf in other parts of the world that might have been adequate to make some of these legendary blends that they've made but what that would take is is not just finding that leaf uh say in you know let's say africa or south america or you know uh somewhere like that they'd they'd have to find the leaf but then they'd also have to go through the incredibly laborious and expensive process of resubmitting each one of those tobaccos to the fda it would literally involve their entire lineup at mcclelland and so um, you know, I, I think this is a part of that. It's it's not just true for uh, brick and mortar tobacconists like us. It's true for the the big boys. You know, I mean, that this is you know, let's say you're a company, you're a big you know uh, multinational uh, pipe tobacco company, and you've made a tobacco for one way for twenty years. Well, you know, your leaf, uh, you, you, the source of a certain leaf changes, and so all of a sudden, well, you've got the same problem that uh, someone else has. You know, you've got to uh, maybe resubmit these tobaccos to. Um, you know, to get them approved, and so, the, but, but there again, there's a lot of gray area here. This again, I, I cannot stress enough. All this stuff is still being litigated. Um, the regulators are incredibly, um, you know, they'll they'll say one thing out of one side of their mouth and another thing out of another side of their mouth. It's just <laughs> lots of lots of know what and, and they and they don't, yeah. and 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 some of that's not even their fault, you no, know, look, Be- because you even watch? even from their boss, even you know the 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 baseline regulators are getting mixed messages from their bosses, and so it's just all this stuff is such a big mess. Did, did you it's watch the uh, the the Zuckerberg? Uh, testimony. I, I, I watched some of it. Yeah. I mean, man, like you know, it, it was interesting. It was frustrating because it's like there are some good questions to ask this dude, but like some of the people got up there and they're asking like the most basic like tech support, using the CEO as tech support, trying to understand Facebook <laughs> and not asking the actual questions they should because they don't know enough about the industry that they're supposed to be regulating. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, or well, it, I guess they're asking the questions whether or not they need to be regulated. But even still, so right. from that standpoint, you're exactly right. Like it's not necessarily their fault that they don't have like this expert level of of. Understanding understanding about the industry. But I wanted to ask you this. Yeah. Yeah. The impact of kind of the gray area, doesn't that 
doesn't that kind of put more, I guess, weight or isn't that more concerning to the big boys than it is to the the kind of, you know, mom and pop shop? Yeah. Because nobody, I would imagine that, that you know, any anybody that's kind of got an axe to grind up in Washington is not necessarily going after, you know, the, the mom and pop shop out in Florida or Wisconsin. Like they're yeah. going after kind of those larger, you know, uh, yeah, suppliers. Th- th- that's right. And so th- that's the thing, you know, I think you're going to still see um, it. The gray area and the you know nebulousness of all this is going to still give opportunity for uh, boutique blenders like us to uh, continue to experiment, to continue to uh, try this and that. Um, but you know, it, all this is connected; it's all interconnected. And so, uh, even though maybe right now we're not the focus of where a lot of this is going, at some point we will be. And so, we've got to keep a, a just a real close eye on it. It's really important to stay in contact with, uh, you know, our trade organizations, people uh, that we know that have influence at the federal level. Uh, frankly, we're really thankful right now as a pipe industry for. Our, our, our brothers and sisters over on the cigar side of the aisle because they have a lot more pull than we do. I mean, let's just be honest about it. There's a lot more cigar smokers in the United States uh, than there are pipe smokers today. It's just a fact. Um, and, and, and a lot of those guys, uh, you know, have inroads into – uh, into the congressional world, you know, you think about all the congressmen and women that uh, that smoke a cigar. Um, you know, folks like Rocky Patel have been on the front lines of of trying to bring some reality to the conversation here, and and so we're thankful for them. We're thankful for that. And and you know, so far our trade organizations that represent both uh, cigars and pipe tobacco have been very faithful to not overlook the plight of the of the small american blunder and we're very we're very thankful for that it, it's something that could be easily overlooked uh they're keeping us in the conversation they're keeping us front and center uh trying to help folks understand uh kind of what's going on you know you might regulate sugar let's say you're fda regulator you might regulate sugar or flour but you don't go to the baker uh in your hometown and regulate the cake that he makes out of the sugar oh, and the flour. Now that now, now now the health the health department might right, 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 right but right, right. but the but but the FDA doesn't okay and so uh, you know you're a um, you know you're you're regulating the sugar you're regulating the flour but but you're not going to go say okay every single dish you make at this restaurant or every single cake you make in this at this bakery you have to submit that and so we're just trying to we're trying to educate the people that are. Uh, frankly, making the rules uh, as they go along, and um, and and we'll see we'll see where it goes. And it's good that so. the the local regulators go in and and you know kind of hold you to account, especially when you got leaks falling out that's are making your your light bulbs explode or <laughs> lightning shocks coming out inside of your smoke eater. I mean, like you know, it's, it's, I know, right? But yeah, man, well, that's a great great comparison with the sugar as well. And hey, yeah. uh, great pipe question of the week from Gene. And if you've got a pipe <laughs> question for us, be sure to send that in show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at country. SquireRadio.com. Quick fire with the squire. All right, man. Quick fire question. All right. We've got some quick fire questions in brought to us by the good folks at the 10 Society, an amazing online service you'll hear more about here in just a minute. But first, these are coming in from Rob Forbes. Uh, I'm assuming uh, the owner of Forbes magazine. Uh, Of course. Of course. Uh, Are you ready? We haven't done these already. Uh, I feel like we like we haven't done them recently, but I do feel like okay. we have answered some of these. Yeah, questions. I, th- I think you're right, but okay, yeah, I'm I'm with you. All right, this is uh, this is a versus here. Aliens okay. versus Predator. Uh, alien. 
Aliens. Yeah, he says aliens. So I'm assuming that we've got multiple aliens that are going up against the Predator. Yeah. And if that's the case, then yeah, I'm going to go with the aliens. Yeah. Uh, If it's alien versus Predator, then maybe the Predator. He's got infrared vision. Uh, Yeah, I know. He got Arnold. I'm I'm still going to go with aliens. All right. So we're going to go with the aliens. Uh, Next, redheads versus blondes. Uh, neither. Yeah, I was about to say, we're two happily married <laughs> men that are not married to blondes or redheads. Or redheads, so. actually, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I would have to, uh, I would have to say neither. Yeah. And, and, and it, this is one of those questions where I'm going to reserve the right to not have to pick one or the that's other. That's good, that's good. You're yeah. too, you're too newly married. I will I, I'm, say. I'm too newly married and I, I, I have not slept on the couch yet. <laughs> And uh, and I intend I intend to uh, to keep it that I'm, way. I'm over ten years in, and I've never slept on the couch. But I do feel comfortable saying that uh, uh, back in my back in my youth, yeah, redheads. Okay, yeah. all right, that's fair. Yeah. Until yeah. I met my wife, then it was brunette all the way. Yeah, yeah. Chicago versus New York style pizza. All right, so the difference here, people might not know this, but in in Chicago style pizza, that's the deep dish. Uh, where there's like a ton of sauce, like sauce is the name yeah, of the game. See, I was wondering about that. I, you know, you, you hear the two, and I, it's it, not someone that hasn't been to either of these cities very often. Well, I've never been to New York, really, but uh, never been. No, we need to never, we need that. we need to remedy that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I just don't uh, don't know a lot about the uh, just the differences of pizza. So I mean, I, that, but that's the thing. So the the deep dish in Chicago and then New York, we've got the. <laughs> We've, we've got just a really large pizza. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to say this. This is a bold claim, and I may alienate our entire New York audience. New York pizza is terrible. Really? New York Surely places, not. They're about Surely quantity not. and not quality. And for the large part, like, I have had some decent New York pizza. I ah, there's I, so many people that are offended right now. There's, all right, not raised pizza. I had a chicken, a barbecue chicken pizza that was actually pretty, pretty solid. Okay. I, I was out there, a buddy of mine, uh, I, I was meeting him out in New York and out in Brooklyn. I said, man, give me Brooklyn's best slice. He took me out to this place, not raised pizza. And you know what? It was pre- it's pretty good. It's pretty pretty good. But but my my point is that if that's what New York's best is, is pretty good. Y'all got nothing on Chicago. <laughs> and I love New York, man. It's got my name on it. But but pizza wise, no Chicago all the way. You're What's gonna next? Get, you're gonna get hate mail. <laughs> uh, okay. Finally, we have uh, Hulk versus Poppy. All right. Now this is good. This actually came in uh, Popeye. That came in from uh, Popeye from uh, uh, Creator Design Pipes on Twitter tonight on the live. Oh feed. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he actually posted a picture of the two going at it. So who would win in a fight? Popeye the Sailor Man okay. or Hulk the Incredible? Probably Hulk. Yeah. Right. Like I know we're supposed to give it to Popeye because you know he's like a pipe icon, but. The Incredible Hulk would Probab- rip him in half. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I don't know what else to say. Like, I, you know, I, we love Popeye. We're thankful for him. Uh, we, we love his corncob pipe that gets filled with spinach. But, but uh, yeah, yeah like, I'm going to. toots out of it. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Hulk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, Popeye did. Good question, though. I mean, Popeye did fight Superman, or Superman fought a Popeye analog. No. No, we talked about this, like, like years ago, back when we did our Popeye uh, Heroes of the Bowl episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, go back and listen to that one, okay. uh, those of you on the archive, uh, <laughs> exclusive to our Squire, uh, our, our Patreon uh, members, so, so y'all check that out if, if you get a chance. But uh, great quick fire questions. Of course, quick fire yeah. questions brought to us by the good folks at the Tin Society. Yes, yes. Uh, the Tin Society, an amazing online 
Uh, man, this is a great service that allows people to sample various tobaccos. We've talked about some uh, some great quality tobacco tonight. And if you would like to get quality tobacco sent in samples to your door every single month, you got to check out the Tin Society at TinSociety.com. The Tin Society is a wonderful service, and, and what's so great about it is it takes the modern uh, subscription box concept and brings it to the pipe world, uh, which we're so thankful for. It's one of those things where you can, uh, just for a few dollars a month, uh, get to try some of the most popular, intriguing, uh, storied tobaccos of all time and, and pipe them. And, uh, and, and it's great because you don't have to commit to a full tin. So uh, what they do is they send you a variety of tobaccos. Uh, you'll get to try um, you know, a few bowls of each different kind and, uh, and see if you like it. It just broadens your perspective. Even if it's something you don't care for particularly, you're only out uh, a few cents because you, uh, you just had a sample of it. You weren't, weren't out the, the whole tin, which is really great. And if you like it a lot, you're, you, you're educated now. You can go buy, uh, buy your new favorite tin of tobacco, which is wonderful. So uh, it does the pipe smoker a really good service uh, because it allows you to broaden your perspective, uh, trying new flavors, new blends, um, and, and again, from some of the most popular tobacco manufacturers in the world. And be sure to use the code SQUIRE for 20% off on your first month's service. Again, that's the code SQUIRE at TinSociety.com. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. All right, man. We got some great listener feedback tonight. Um, let's yeah. see. We've got, is, is the first one iTunes review or an email? Yeah, I, iTunes review. All right, what we got? Yeah, this is from Beer and Pipes. Oh, I man, love Beer and one. Pipes. Yeah. Golly, what, what a great, uh, I just want that handle. Dude. He says, uh, tobacco knights need a country squire. Yeah. <laughs> we need a t-shirt. We, that, we need a thing. Yeah, that, that sounds no, good. I, I, that, 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 that's good stuff. I got my first pipe three years ago as a Christmas present from my parents. Wow, those are cool parents. I'm talking about. And while I love the Peterson they picked out for me, I have through the years found out I was at a slight disadvantage. By being a new pipe smoker gifted a pipe, I missed out on the in-person store purchase, uh, which I'm almost certain would have come along with some tips and tricks mm. from my local tobacco shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thus my pipe sat for two years on my shelf, uh, mourning all the missed smoking opportunities. <laughs> Until this fateful day uh, pa- this past summer, uh, when a fellow CSR listener uttered two names to me, John David and Bo York. <laughs> That's technically three names. Uh, that, that, is, that is, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, he says, uh, from that point, I've been uh, an avid listener. I work as a market manager in the beer industry oh. in Austin, Texas. Uh, I know, right? I love all of these things. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, and therefore spend a lot of time in the car listening to back episodes of the Country Squire Radio. Uh, JD and Bo are the epitome of why I picked up the pipe. Oh, man. And that is uh, to slow down, take your time, enjoy life. And uh, that is the true meaning of Christmas. No, no, no. See, <laughs> you got to do it. You got to do it like being in the cage with Nick Cage. And that is the true meaning of Christmas. Okay. <laughs> Well done. Thank you. <laughs> he says. Uh, he says every episode reinforces my love for the craft. Uh, man, beer and pipes, dude. Thank you so much. That's high praise, brother. We're so glad that it's high praise. Uh, we're so great that g- glad that you could give Bo an opportunity to to butcher another accent. And, uh, and this isn't an accent. This is exactly how Nicholas Cage talks. That and he's then, either talking very very quietly or he's shouting as loud as he can. <laughs> and uh, and 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 yeah, we're gonna move on. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my Seriously, dude, thanks so much, man. That's We're so yeah, that, that's really kind. Yeah, dude, beer, pipes, tobacco nights, 
Austin <laughs> and a subtle Nicholas <laughs> Cage. All of these wonderful things. Yeah, and and and, uh, and you know and 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 that. Yeah, it's just great. Thanks so much. John yeah. David, what's the next listener feedback? <laughs> We've got another one from Nat. He says, I, vid- I visited the Everglades recently, oh. and I heard something pipe-related that I thought I would pass on. The park ranger in the Everglades National Park uh, told me that the uh, Muskoki Indians referred to clouds of mosquitoes as smoke from the devil's pipe. Ooh. I almost learned that mosquitoes can be so thick that they... Oh, he said, I also learned... That mosquitoes can be so thick that they look like clouds. Brutal. Mm. Uh, anyway, love your show and thought you might enjoy that interesting bit of information. Now that that is that's fascinating. Yeah, the uh, mosquitoes are so thick they're the cloud. Uh, they're the smoke from the devil's pipe, dude. And, can we start uh, like? Can we use that? I, I feel like we we have a couple of quotables here tonight. That uh, I mean, tobacco nights need a country squire. And uh, and and the smoke from the devil's pipe. Oh, I, I, I don't know, man. Was the mosquito? Wait, what was the name of the tribe? Uh, the uh, I'm probably butchering this. The uh, Mokosuki. Mokosuki. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I would actually at some point. Mokosuki. I mean, we're right here in Mississippi. Yeah. Is it is it Choctaw and Chickasaw were the two tribes that were in Mississippi specifically? I know Choctaw. I'm not. I'm not positive about Chickasaw. Chickasaw. Have you Have you been to the Mississippi History Museum yet? Uh, no, no. I've been to the Civil Rights Museum, which is world class. Fa- fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both museums are wonderful. But in in the um in in the on the other side with the Mississippi History Museum, yeah, they actually they start off with this kind of Morgan Freeman, and it is Morgan Freeman, not uh-huh. kind of Morgan Freeman. It is literally it's Morgan, Freeman. Morgan Freeman, right? And it's this kind of <laughs> fireside moment where he kind of talks through the history of Mississippi, starting with kind of the two tribes that that kind of resonated here or, or formed here and like that's so cool but like it was specifically it's interesting it's fascinating like the chieftains were two brothers of these two and so they kind of separated into these two tribes yeah and and kind of i i need to go back and rewatch it but i was just like all of a sudden like in awe i was like Oh wow! I never knew that about that's, like. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I'd be yeah. interested to know what like the tobacco pra- practices of kind of the original Mississippians were. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, I wish there was more research on that. Yeah, the the, the smoke from the devil's pipe, like those kind of sayings. I want to know what originated that's good here stuff. in Mississippi. <laughs> that's wonderful. Uh, well, great feedback. And by the way, if you've got some listener feedback, you can send it in to us at show at countrysquireradio.com. You can of course also send us tweets, Facebook messages, and you can hit us up with some iTunes reviews. We love getting those in. Doesn't cost you a dollar to do it. Uh, but if you don't mind spending a few dollars to help support the show, we encourage you to head over to patreon.com slash countrysquireradio where you can become a patron uh, or, in fact, a full-fledged club member where you can get your name on the, the wall in a year for becoming a Squire uh, member or join us at the Pilgrim level to, for some additional benefits as well. And, of course, all patrons get access to our full archive of uh, Country Squire Radio episodes, the 1 to 100, the coveted 1 to 100 episodes. A lot of, a lot of gems back just, there. Yeah, terrible. A lot, a lot of coal. <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta work through the coal to get to the diamonds, but but they're in there. They're, they're, they're diamonds, but they're in the, the really, really, really rough. rough. Yeah. Really rough. <laughs> uh, so again, that's patreon.com slash countrysquireradio, but all that information, honestly, and more can be found at countrysquireradio.com, where you can tune into the show live every single Monday night at countrysquireradio.com. And of course, that is going to be at 8.30 Central Standard Time and all of the other time zones as well. Now, I, I want to kind of pull the, the curtain back a little bit here as we close out the show because during the recording of this episode, man, we uh, we actually ran into a lot of weird technical difficulties. I know, it was awful. It was a little rough there at the end. So normally we do the whole thing live and, and it's it's weird because we're closing out the show without the live audience. Yeah, yeah we started it with them and, and we're ending it without them. without them and i gotta yeah. tell you it, it's weird doing that because we haven't had a live audience to the show in a very long time yeah 
You know? No, yeah, yeah. That's weird. So, so like, do we just do we just close it out as normal? I, th- I think I think we go have a a night. Let's go have a night. See you, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> listening to country squire radio a member of the pottery network for more information on this and other shows please visit pottery.com oh,